Good evening. This is the Hillcrest Duo podcast, episode number ninety-seven. I am Metal John. You can find me on Twitter at Metal John Radio, and along with me, my co-host, Mr. Brad Risto. I am at Brad Risto on Twitter. Metal. We're doing a somewhat late night podcast, recording at least. Yes. Uh, today is March the thirteenth of twenty nineteen. And uh, we're we're doing a podcast here on a Wednesday night from my house, the Bat Cave, mm-hmm. in Downers Grove, Illinois. We have a special guest with us. Her name is Selena. She's a kitty cat. She's a flergan. Yes, and uh, the reason why she's joining us as well is because we just got done seeing Captain Marvel. You and I for the second time. Yes, for our second showing, we we got to see it and uh, want to share our thoughts on Captain Marvel. So this podcast will be spoiler. Heavy. Heavy. And uh, we will talk about Captain Marvel. So, we've both seen it twice. We've kind of seen everything there is to see. We've yeah. noticed things the second time that maybe we didn't catch the first time. But uh, we're going to share our thoughts, uh, some spoilers, and uh, and I got a few Easter eggs, too. We'll see if you cool. found any of those Easter eggs. But uh, I, I only noticed, like, one or two between the two showings, but then I cheated and looked up more. Um, nothing really big, just more or less background stuff. But we'll get into that a little bit later on. I guess we'll start off with uh, initial reactions from Captain Marvel, like what uh, when you when you first saw it, and even the second time. You know, how how did you feel? Overall, I like the movie a lot. There's a lot to like about this movie. The exposition is somewhat clunky because you're adding this. Obviously, and for the overarching Marvel um, uh, story, major, major character in the 11th hour. And you have to a lot to get out, and you don't have much time to do it. You had two hours. Yeah. Um, I would say, going into the movie, I really didn't have an expectation. I was like, nah, I'll see it. I, I, I don't think it's going to be great. It doesn't seem to have that kind of hype. Reviews before the movie were all like kind of mixed and 50-50-ish. And I was like, all right, so this is either going to be like, you're going to like it or you're going to hate it right. type of movie. And I'm in I'm in favor with the like it, you know. Right. And um, I'll say it was better than what I expected, even though my expectations were not very high. Um, I was kind of expecting this big like, you know, female power, you know, Manhattan kind of, kind of like agenda behind it, and it really didn't have that. It, oh, don't tell that to the MRAs online because they they claim it still did, but um, it had good. its moments. Those, it had its moments, but, but it's supposed to. If you know anything about Miss Marvel, that's yeah. what she is exactly. And it, hey, Kitty Cat, you got some thoughts you want to share? Um, but. I, I mean, I think my favorite line in the movie is definitely one of those lines where uh, it, it's very subtle, kind of quick. Sometimes people don't even hear it, but during one when they're uh, when they've got her connected to the machine and they're checking her memory, yeah, there's a scene where one of the other pilots, the male pilot, oh, is like, that. "Do you know why it's called a cockpit?" <laughs> and we, he I never liked get, that. He scene. never gets his comeuppance, and that annoyed me. I wanted that guy to get just decked in the. Face. Not me. I wanted more of that. I wanted that to be like a re- repetitive That's... thing, like her having a flash. Do you know what's in the cockpit? Cockpit. 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 
I, I just, oh, I just wish, I just wish it would have been something like that. That would have been awesome. But I still found that scene funny, and I laughed both times I saw it. Um, but no, I, I really didn't feel like it. It, it had like man hating stuff in it. Um, I've got a lot of different vibes watching this movie, and um, I and I got those same vibes again the second time. So mm-hmm. first vibe I get, yeah, it reminds me of a buddy cop movie. When you really think about the relationship between uh, Carol and 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 Fury, like they kind of Nick, no nope, Fury, they kind of have that buddy cop uh, vibe going on, and and it's set in the '90s, so it's kind of got that cool '90s stuff. Like we see the Street Fighter video game in the background at the bar, mm-hmm. and. You know, a lot of like some of the '90s, like big hits of the '90s too. You had Nirvana, and you had No Doubt. No Doubt. First of all, since you mentioned it, I hate to cut you off. No Doubt was it was the most obvious song to use at that point in the movie, but it was used so goddamn well. Yeah. Well, I mean, in some of the other movies, like or some of the other scenes with the soundtrack, you had uh, what was it? Uh, wasn't the security guard listening to uh, uh, What a Man? Like I think he was listening to that, and then there's a scene where you hear "Don't chasing water, don't go chasing waterfalls" yes. in TLC, and, and those are just like scenes where people were like driving in a car. You kind of heard that, so I, it was. I thought that's. I thought that. I thought those scenes were kind of entertaining when they when they showed oh, yeah. you when they when they brought in some of the '90s soundtrack. Even that scene at the blockbuster video where she comes into the blockbuster video. We've seen that in the preview. Yes. I almost kind of wish you didn't put that in the preview. I would have just rather her fall into a roof and then you notice it's a video store, but like you really don't think it's a blockbuster until you see the movie. Mm-hmm. But I thought that was really funny how, and, and well done how you know they, she like shoots the true lie standee. Um, and you know you see a couple of other movies in the, in the background. No, she picks up the right stuff. Yeah. Obviously a film about flying and going to space. Yep. Um, I saw Hook in the background too. You did, yeah. Hook was I did in not. the background. Uh, so I, I mean, a lot of the the cool '90s stuff was in it. Again, like I said, I got the buddy cop vibes. I completely agree with that buddy cop vibe. I didn't notice it until you just mentioned it, but every bit of it, it is. Well, I don't know which one would be the gruff veteran and which one would be the newbie in this case. No, I mean... I, I think it's just sort of like one of those ones where they're both kind of veterans, so it's sort of like a tango and cash coming from separate departments and having different philosophies on how to... Taco time! Taco, taco time! Ta- 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 taco time is... Um, uh, we have another guest that will be joining us here eventually. Um, but as you have two competing cops coming in to work together. Yeah, well, not only that, but it's just... I get the buddy cop vibes... Because, you know, the little banter between the two of them... No doubt. ...was, was like, typical buddy cop stuff. Like, remember, yes. she's like, give me the pager. She's like, obviously you can't be trusted with this. Yes. Like, things like that, like, is what reminds me of, like, a buddy cop movie. Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely got those vibes a lot, especially in the second time viewing it. Uh, not so much the first. The first time I viewed the movie, and even most of the second time, too, I just, I really got, like, I, I felt like I was watching an episode of Supergirl. Or even like yeah. a Superman story because think about it you got alien race mm-hmm. you got alien race you've got you know uh, you know a hero that's also part of the alien race but understands like mankind and is trying well, to well like, d- doesn't save the understand world. mankind should under should understand mankind but has been well for right. want of a better term 
Brainwash. Thank you very yeah. much, Metal, for finishing my thought. It, it, Brainwash doesn't remember anything before it. And the well, whole this- point is her trying to reconnect with her human side. And therein lies one of my problems with this movie is they don't really do much to get her from point A being emotionless to point B embracing her human side. They just kind of say at a certain point, although from that point on I like it, okay, she's embraced her human side and she's working on that now. And that is, it's just, there's no growth. It's just flip a switch, no no longer emotionless, and now learning, now he's going to be human. Well, yeah, because when, when she goes back to Maria's house for the first time, mm-hmm. They really rushed that that whole scene. Like she shows oh. up at the house, the daughter recognizes her. Oh, and, you know, Auntie Carol. Auntie Carol. Auntie and Carol. then and then it cuts to the scene where they're in the living room, and the story. Like she just recapped the story, and it kind of. So wait, there's aliens? Yes. No, no, there's not aliens. Like they just kind of blew that over, which is fine because we, as the audience, probably don't want to hear her explain everything about her race and mm-hmm. you know why she's there. But the fact that. You know, Maria just seemed to be like, oh, it's okay. Like, she didn't really seem to get the idea that, like, all right, so her friend's disappearance slash death was all a big government cover-up. Or an alien cover-up. Yes. Um, You know, I mean, if somebody you hadn't seen in six years that you thought was dead just shows up at your front door, you're not going to be like, come on inside, have some tacos. No. <laughs> <laughs> I might, if I'm making tacos. Uh, <laughs> I guess if you make enough to share, I don't always make. I don't always make. Enough, see, I don't always make enough to share with people. It's like if well, I'm you're cooking, you're here by yourself. But yeah. It's just you and your gal Selena. Yeah. Um. But he's uh, right, though. He's right. Yeah. They 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 tell you don't show you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That she develops the, her humanity. Yes. Thank yeah. you. Exactly. Um. Here's you know the thing with the Maria Carroll relationship. I I think that was my one of my big problems. Like I didn't believe their friendship, and Whoa. and I would just yeah. and I would almost say that because we didn't really see much of them as friends. You just saw a few photos, mm-hmm. you know. But then it's hard for me just to believe, you know, uh, Maria's place in the world because she was in the military. Her friend's been missing or dead or presumed dead for six years, and now she just lives on a farm with her daughter. It's like, yeah. what is she doing for a living? That, How is she making money? And those are questions you're not meant to ask. Yeah. And then there's like a few scenes where like they're on the farm, and I can't help. I go back to the Superman stuff. I'm like, is this Kent Farm that we're on right now? <laughs> well, it might. That, that's why that scene is so important and carries so much dramatic weight. That is the most crucial scene in the entire movie when she's telling her why she was a hero before she even got the powers. Yeah. That was the best acted scene in the entire movie. Yep. 100% agree, but they also, as you said earlier, for the relationship between um, Maria and Carol, it was more than just showing us instead of... Mm -hmm. They didn't show us, they just told us they have this relationship... We're moving on to the next part of this story. I understand why they had to do it. This was a, a two-hour flick, and they probably didn't want to go much longer than that because they want to keep it light and actiony. Yeah, and we've already seen, you know, 
people sitting at the farm chopping wood in one of the other movies. And, yeah. And, and that was, like, a big problem for a lot of people in those movies. They, like, all right, we don't need to see this. It's a but three I suppose, hour movie. <laughs> but I suppose an extra five minutes to completely establish the Carol Maria storyline would have been uh, helpful. Yeah. This was a Marvel Phase 1 movie in the fourth phase. If it came originally and you sat on it for the past 10 movies, 15 movies, it would have more of a dramatic impact and it wouldn't seem so shallow because of how complex the stories are now to go do one of these origin stories. You know what I'm saying? And then it kind of like retroactively makes you like reconfigure the Marvel Universe. Yes. Exactly. And I that that is the biggest problem is this is an origin story as he said in phase 4. We've seen origin stories before, but and that's where I'm actually going to rise to the defense while I do have issues with it being an origin story, I understand why they had to save this movie for last. Yes. Why they had to save it for the penultimate one before the big battle for with Thanos. And that is the entire third act of yeah. this movie, which I absolutely love. Yeah, no, I agree. And that's what actually, I think, m- turns the movie from just being an okay movie to actually a much better movie. Because you start to get origin stories. You mm-hmm. you learn more throughout this movie. You learn just as much about Nick Fury. You probably learn more about Nick Fury's character than you do anybody else. Because yeah. you've seen him in, in some of these other movies, but you don't know much about him. You know, you know about Agent He's the bald badass. But now you you understand his purpose. Like, like, like S.H.I.E.L.D. was like a small group of like CIA guys, and it became bigger once he discovered... The this whole, yeah, you and also, this alien race. Dimension with him and the cat. He's not just strictly a badass. But what's funny about this movie, if you juxtapose it to Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman's first two acts were extraordinarily strong, and the third act is weaker. Yeah. Whereas Captain Marvel, the first two acts are by far the weakest parts of the movie, and then it picks up steam in the third act. Could yeah. not agree more, but while he um obviously he likes the he he that's Mitch by the way Mitch by the Taco way. Mitch um, Taco, Taco Mitch, Mitch. <laughs> Taco Mitch likes um the <laughs> development of Nick Fury in the third act. My favorite part about the third act is when she is does become unchained, and one another one of my favorite parts about the movie was the fact that she had an inhibitor chip to block her powers from the Kree that. They don't bother explaining, and some people will probably take issue with that. I like that they trusted that we are smart enough viewers to have seen the chip Not and, to you. and uh, put two and two together that, yeah, that chip is making it so she can't access her full powers. But what I absolutely loved was in this third act, that chip comes off. Every problem that Dama was coming up, at least physical problem, was nothing to her. Because yeah. what this point of this movie is, and we all know it, is to showcase that Captain Marvel is the integral part to defeating Thanos in Avengers Endgame. Yeah. And with that third act, it displayed that point better than I could have ever hoped. Yeah. They didn't bother saying, oh no, she's going to have to learn how to control it now that she doesn't have the chip. Just, no, it's gone. She's got it. She's unlocked. Yeah. Well, I mean, and then and then we get to like the obvious question, and this is a question I think almost anybody would ask to themselves. 
is okay. So she's got the bat signal, the pager. Oh yes. Why the beeper? Yeah, beeper. Yeah, the smart beep. You remember smart beep? I had a smart beep where you get the text messages, the weather, the stocks, and all that good stuff. I I never had one. (laughs) Yeah, it was like eight ninety nine a month. Anyways, um, oh god. The big question obviously is, she's he's had this pager for so long. Nick, what the hell? New York was attacked. And so was an entire country. Where the hell were you? And where the hell was this pager? Yeah. How many I mean, people died because you're like, is this big enough for me to call her? Well, well we ask this all the time because when we talked about like uh, Supergirl and, and The Flash and, and all of them sharing the same universe. And you're like, oh, well, Supergirl's on her deathbed, but she's not calling her cousin who also exists in this world that yes. you've established. <laughs> you know, and, and what is he too busy doing that he can't like... Come save his cousin, you know. Okay. He's, he's Superman. It's not like he's got to get on a first class flight to go help her, right? You know. Um. So, so now you've kind of opened up that loophole in this universe with with Captain Marvel. We're like, okay, so he's been sitting on this pager yes. for twenty years. Yes, that's the problem. And he waits until half the world vanishes before... in the middle of vanishing. <laughs> and first of, and it's the universe. So you think she I mean, noticed? I, I made the comment to Mitch in the movie. I'm like, so let me get this straight. You waited until Thanos had all of the stones and started wiping out half the world before he said, I better call Captain Marvel. What about when he had like two stones, three stones? You think that would have been a good time? (laughs) At least in Nick Fury's defense, he didn't know that he was getting the stones at the time. All that happened to... And he didn't know it. But you had two Avengers movies. And there's the problem. (laughs) Two Avengers movies. And there's been no mention of her. Right. But if then again, but you know what though? Across this, just as an intergalactic traveler and to, uh, come to Earth, that would have made sense. But the fact that they had this device to contact her borks up pretty much all the f- earlier movies. Because why wasn't she called at least and you once? You can't say it was disabled because of the after credit scene. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, in that after credit scene. Oh the- shit! I I had low service. It went direct to, you know, like, voicemail type. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it is a problem. I mean, I I get it, you know, but obviously people are going to ask that question. People are going to ask that question. And, you know what? I I mean, they could address that in in game. That's what I was about to say. I'm going to give them credit that they'll address it. I think they will. Because it's too obvious of a question not to. Maybe they'll make a joke of it. I doubt it. Make a joke of it. Blow by it. But I think they'll try... To at least give you a semi-plausible and semi-acceptable explanation. I doubt it will work out for everyone, but it'll, they'll give it a go. Yeah, well, I mean... Morgan's yelling at me. Well, and, and, and the one thing is... Um, Fury is the type of guy to, like... He, he knows everybody exists, but a lot of those people don't know each other exists. And, and Fury, obviously that will play into things where it's like, where I could see like Captain America and Iron Man all of them be like, wait, so this chick has been out there for 20 years and you never told anybody? Well, well there's more out there that I haven't told you about, well, you know? Well, Fury's gone, remember? Mm, he'll be back. Yes, <laughs> but how many of the Avengers will be back at the end of Avengers Endgame? We have to, uh, before I mean, we go see it, we have to make our bets on who lives and who dies for good. Mm. Yes, that's a very good idea. Well, you know, let's talk about the cat. <laughs> let's talk about the cat for a second. Uh, Goose. 
Goose, the Flurgan. Uh, the Flurgan, Goose, uh, Goose the Cat. I referred to it as just the cat, and I was corrected on Twitter by a bunch of people. They said it's not a cat. Dang. And I'm like, it is a cat. It's played by a cat. It's a, it's, it's a feline. Oh, yeah. It's not a human dressed in a cat outfit. It's a cat. So um, I thought, like, really, really cool moments. I, I didn't know... Going into this movie, I didn't know much about Captain Marvel, the right. whole storyline. So everything was a surprise to me. So the fact that the cat was actually an alien... And, uh, they need plants, you know. <laughs> ripped ass in my place. I did. I'm going to. A part of me is going to be here forever. Uh, <laughs> clearly, uh, forever. <laughs> Drop the mic. This fucking podcast is over. <laughs> hey. We're you men. You acknowledge we're, 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 <laughs> Hey, gas. Gas is funny, alright? I love gas, alright? You are such a child. Oh my god. He pivoted. Did you just rip He does this all the time. Oh my god. He is amused by bodily functions. I am. But you won't admit when you rip ass where where were we? When you fucking let out that stinker and you bar. Well that's because you I think somebody died or ripped all kinds of ass and you go, I don't know who it was. And then we're leaving the bar an hour later you're like, that was me. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. Because when you're in a place, especially where there's where there's girls or regulars at this place, if I say, if I, if I say, yes, that was me, your reaction would be like, oh, damn, you smell. And you're going to run away. And then people are going to be like, oh, that guy farted because his friend ran away. But if, I, but if we both sit there and act like, oh, man, who was it? Maybe it was that fat guy over there. You know, we're putting the blame on somebody else. No, you're assuming. And then later I mean, on, I'd be I mean, like, yeah, that was I me. I wouldn't have thrown you under the bus. I would have been like, damn, John. Like, I just did to him. I'm like, hey, Brad, did you just fart in my place? <laughs> yes, I did. But I take credit. And you could be like, I left you a tip, bartender. <laughs> no, but I mean, if there was like four strippers in here or something, you know. And if you there were, are four strippers in I, here, I, I, would, got, I wouldn't call you out about it. I wouldn't call you out about it. If there are four strippers, I think I'm paying. What do I care? Yeah. All right, They're so here to play. Back, back to Captain Marvel. All right. So, uh, Goose the Cat eats people. Um, eats Tesseracts. Eats Tesseracts. And, and the reason why I want to bring this up is because in the... After credits, 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 all the way at the very end, the last the last piece the ga- of the, the film, scene. the last piece of the film, we see the cat jump up on Fury's desk and throw it up. Now that scene is obviously taking place after the snap. No, you don't think so. That scene takes place before. That scene takes place like two months after. I, that's how they get the tesseract to be able to try and weaponize it. Aha. Okay, I was thinking, is the test? Is this is this particular piece of it like? Because there's there's only the one piece. There's only the one piece because the tesseract is just a cube, the cosmic cube that has the power stone in it. Aha! That's it. Okay, 
See, you're, you've educated me because I was thinking the whole time, I was like, so this is another piece of it? And then I'm no. thinking, I'm like, so is Fury gone? And the cat's like, okay, I'm going to throw this thing up now so then they can now use it to bring back everybody from the no, dead? No, that's just that was just a gag scene to show how they originally obtained the Tesseract again. But it was funny to see the cat throw up. Cause, yes. Uh, for people that own cats, that noise that happens when a cat is throwing up, that noise will wake you up in the middle of the night. So, like, I swear to God, I'll be, it'll be 2 o'clock in the morning, and I'll hear that. No, 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 no. Oh, 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 oh. And I'm like, oh, oh, cat's throwing up. And then, and then it comes out, and you're like, ah, damn it. You know? I can keep till morning. Oh, my God. But, um, I want to try, as we focus on one more thing, because we're probably going to be closing up here a little soon, and we just, didn't really talk about, well, the Kree, or a potential future enemy for the entire Marvel Universe, the Skrulls. Yes. Because, obviously, this group of Skrulls, peaceful, wants to leave, we get the nice kind of bait-and-switch, which, admittedly, I did not see coming, that the Kree would be end up being the bad guys and the Skrull be... Allies, that was a I, ni- that was a nice twist for people that don't know anything about Captain Marvel, like ourselves. I have a passing. Like, I, I don't think we saw that coming. I don't know if even people who knew about Captain Marvel knew that that one hundred percent that that was going to happen because the Skrulls are some of the worst villains in the Marvel universe. So I would have had no problem. With- but it's also possible that since this is like set way in the past, Not- that they're don't good say now. the nineties are way in the past. They're good now, but they will become bad. Or not necessarily all scrolls left. Yes, there correct. could still be some that stayed behind and did indeed infiltrate this planet and are villainous. Yeah. So that's what I. That's just because these particular ones were good and helpful. It doesn't mean the bad ones are out there. You have to keep your eyes open for the bad scrolls. If you see someone that you don't know, assume they're a scroll and just attack them. Uh, well, and, uh, Advice from the Hillcrest duo. It, it, well, and, and attack strangers. So I'm wondering, too, I, I was getting these vibes on watch, especially all the space stuff. I'm like, okay, so where does where do the Guardians fit in in this? Because this is totally in their, like, it w- well, this is in their, would, their, their wheelhouse. It would, but once again, this is, one, one the 90s, but, and two, obviously, both, it's just both in the 90s. But two, maybe not the Guardians, but the Nova Corps. Yeah. Who are also obviously police, um, interspace cops, just like the Kree at least assume themselves to be. Yeah. And I would say, you know, with the scrolls, though, they. I guess you could just. You could see them turning bad. You could see them, you know, kind of having, I guess, like like humans, where some of us are bad, some of us are good. You know, yeah, they could like live in a universe like that as well. Um, but I, I would just say overall, like the way they were, the way they were on screen, like I've talked about this before when we when we talked about Thor and a couple of these other movies, like I don't like all the futuristic like CGI filled like Rainbow Bridge type stuff and this really didn't have much of that in the movie which no it was grungy 90s yeah which is why I think I, I, I 
really like this movie more. I mean, I'll go on and let, I'll say I like this movie better than Black Panther. Wow. I like this movie better than the Thor movies. Wow. Um, it's still it's still probably in the middle of the pack as far as yeah, all my yeah, MCU yeah. rankings, but it's better than those movies. It was. I enjoyed it more. Like it was, I, I mean, and I think the fact that it was only like a two hour movie is that, why yes. I enjoyed it more. It was a nice, fun trip. It didn't overstay its welcome. Could there have been things that they did to put more detail into? Perhaps. But they and went they for might. they went for pith inst- instead of um, a total complete story, and I'll take it. I agree. And uh, so let's, uh, uh, a couple of other things, uh, you know, we got to talk about uh, before we wrap up. How about the Stanley cameo? Well, first of all, how about the Stanley tribute at the beginning of the Marvel, of the movie? Oh, the yeah, Marvel. where they put all of his likenesses into the Marvel logo. Yes. Uh, usually you see, like, flashes of the Hulk and Thor and all those guys. But, but instead, it was all his instead it was all, all of Stanley's cameos. They they replaced those, all those images with it. That was, yeah, that was a pretty cool moment. Um, and actually, if you ask me, I hope they keep that logo. I'd be okay with that. Um, uh, then we do see him on the train. Reading the script for Mallrats. Yes, which uh, I thought that was awesome. The that fact was that a f- oh, that was just I so legit good. didn't see the opening tribute to him. Was I getting a beer at the time? Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember. No, the entire so thing when was, the Marvel logo comes on the screen, yeah, normally they flash the varying characters. Yeah, yes, it, it was they all they was flash all the Stan Lee cameos. Oh, man. I hope they do it for the next. You have Avengers. to check. I'm sure it's on YouTube. I'm sure, I'm sure it is, and it'll probably be there for Avengers. Fun question, since both of you two are DC boys. Yeah. What was um, uh, Stanley's nickname for DC Comics? Hmm. I don't know. You? Distinguished competition. Oh, yeah. Ah. Fair enough. Yeah. Um. But uh, I I don't know if this is going to be the last. Uh, time we'll see Stanley because I did hear that they filmed his scene four months before he passed away good so I don't know if they still have um, if they still filmed one for Endgame or not or even Homecoming so I guess we'll just far from home far from home Um, Mm -hmm. so we'll have to wait and see if we get those but uh, one thing we've always debated on the podcast where you actually kind of Brad I'll give you all the credit you you were one of the people who kind of thought that this was like a cool thing and I kind of bought into it, where Stan Lee's cameos in all of these movies is actually him kind of like being like... Latu. Yeah, a, a watchful like protector of like all of, like everything in the universe. Like, like he's, he, he just... Yes. Time jumps and everything. He's like kind of, he's just a random person in disguise watching over the universe. And, yes. and I always thought that's kind of a cool idea. Um, the fact that, though, is in this movie, if you really think about it, Stan Lee's cameo in this movie, he's playing himself. He is. I just, you're right, because he's reading Mallrats. He's reading the Mallrats script, and he's saying over and over in his head one of his lines from the movie, which is, uh, trust me, I'm a believer. Yes, Um, and it's from the the Kevin Smith cult classic. Mallrats. Mallrats. Which, you gotta, I'm sure Kevin Smith was just happy to hear about this. I, I I did look up and read an article where Kevin Smith had finally was able to talk about it. You know, because he talked about how he got the phone call like months ago that they were going to do this for the cameo or something, and and he was all about it. But they're like, you can't tell, you can't say nothing to anybody. I could yeah, not. Have I mean, kept, I, would I you mean, have been how, able to keep would, your mouth shut? Yeah, oh my god! I, I mean, how would you? 
You would have to tell. I would have to tell somebody. <laughs> you but, would tell me, Brad. You can't tell anyone, though. No yeah. one. No one can know. Yeah, but uh, I thought it was cool. Uh, a very cool cameo for him in this movie. The mm-hmm. fact that he was actually playing himself. And uh, if he's not in Far From Home or Endgame... It's uh, a good and, last like, cameo. Like, do you think they would put his likeness in there somewhere? You mean... Like, like put him on a movie poster or something. It's like a car salesman. I don't know. Or, you know, like a billboard on the highway in the background. Like, I feel I like know. you have to put his likeness in... You at least got to get yeah. Now you at least got to get him an Endgame if for the last part of Phase Four. If you don't want to do it for Phase Five, that's fine. But he has to at least make it through that. Obviously, this was a great cameo, but nothing will ever beat the cameo he had in um, uh, Spider-Man: Enter the Spider-Verse, just because of where it was narratively. I'm going to miss him. We were friends, him and I. That when I first saw that, because obviously I saw that the first weekend, and that was like ten days after Stan passed, it kind of devastated me. I'm like, oh no, I was not expecting to get sad. Yeah, that was. I mean, yeah, and, and his line and everything, and that was just so weird that like in Spider Verse that they put that in there. And I would imagine at the time that they wrote and put that in there, they didn't really think he was, you know, no, they did not know he was going to pass it away. They did you know? not know he was going to die. But, um, yeah, so... Anyways, Some Easter eggs. So, we, overall, Captain Marvel, we both really liked it. Really liked Mitch, it. Taco Mitch, actually... Taco Mitch gives it a solid six and a half out of ten. That, that's solid, solid, solid. Better goal. than you expected, though, yeah, right? No, I, I went in expecting to hate it because I hated everything Brie Larson was saying and standing for preceding the movie, so I had, you know, notions about that, but... Not to mention, I think some of the Marvel movies are overrated to begin with. But um, that's because you're a DC like fanboy. This wasn't even like a Black Panther situation. I actually found it, you know, moderately entertaining. You know, I would yep. see it again. Yep. Oh, and uh, a couple of uh, uh, nods in this movie that I don't think I don't know if they were intentional or not. But so the scene where they're at uh, the house. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the you know. The uh, scroll comes in in his true form, and he's drinking a soda. Yeah, he kind of resembles uh, Samuel Jackson in Pulp true, Fiction, true. where he's holding the way he's holding the soda. He's yeah, sipping yeah. at it, looking with his head tilted. That's good. He, he was he was resembling that, and then Sam like, Jackson was eating a cheeseburger. He was eating a cheeseburger scene. later, and I also noticed right away, like in the very beginning, when they go to the blockbuster, Samuel Jackson wearing the Pulp Fiction suit. The black, well, yeah, that the black well, the, the coat was um uh, the suit was all Pulp Fiction anyway too. Yeah, so I thought it was cool. There's a lot of Pulp Fiction nods. <laughs> Favorite scene, Sean. You know why they call it a cockpit? No. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I would say my, my favorite scene. Wow. My, mine? Yeah, I really. I just liked the end where um, uh, she said she didn't need to uh, worry what, about what Jude Law says and just Unleashed blasted him. With to I'm just a girl, correct? Well, no, that, that was. A, I loved it. I thought that was a good scene. I thought that was a great scene, but this was when they were on Earth. But I thought it was. Okay, I thought okay. the use of I'm just okay. a girl. I said this at the beginning before you walked in. That was just the most obvious song to use oh, there. Sure, sure. But it was used it so goddamn yeah. well. Yeah, it was on the nose, but it worked. I'll say the scene at the very end where um, uh, Captain Marvel and, and Jude Law 
they're about to fight. Yes, that's And he's like, oh, I'm proud of you. And and I'm thinking the whole time while watching this movie, the first viewing, I'm like, here we go. We're having another 10-minute fight sequence. And then she just blasts him. Well, that and goes back to what I said. I was saying, I just love that once her, the chip was off, she could just wreck fools. Yeah. Like, she didn't have to do the whole, oh, let's put our guns down. That was and, like and the just use our of fists. Man of Steel, too. Man of Steel, the, you know, the climax dragged on way too long with two, like, high-powered... Oh, yeah, where him and Zod fight, and they basically right. destroy the entire right, city, right, 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 throwing right. each like, other through Destroy buildings. our city. Yeah, no, no, I thought that was, that was a no, good No, that was, just, that was just her saying, I am so much yeah. better than you. Yeah, I'm done with this. Yeah, you know? and even Goose, just like, you know, turning around and just eating, like, four people with his little... But why did Goose attack Nick? Yeah, that was a little weird. Just for no reason. Just to get the gag and whatever. Whatever. I I do agree with that. Yeah. But uh, you said you had some... Did he get infected? Like, why why did his eye fall out? Like, he got scratched, but... Well, it was a flirting. You said you had some Easter eggs that we can touch on? Uh, Well, a lot of them were just noticeable things that were, like, in the background, like... uh, Touch on all those. Touch on them so we can... Say goodbye to our good people because our I think our episode is running long. I think we're nearing an hour. Well, um, well, a lot of them were just the characters. Like, well, first of all, Carol's mohawk. Yeah, that was something that was in the comic book. You know, um, you know, obviously the Stan Lee cameo. Oh, Kelly Sue uh, DeConnick. She has a cameo. Yeah, she is the redhead on the train. She's actually. She wrote uh, a lot of the Captain Marvel comic books. Cool. She was also on the train. Oh, good luck. Um, Did you know that, or did you look that nah, up? Nah, John. I okay. Nice, up. nice, nice, nice. Uh, but no, I mean most of the cameo, most of the Easter eggs. They're not really Easter eggs to us because we we know the '90s, but a lot of them are just the nods to the '90s. Like, yeah. We well, talked about the Cyber music. Cafe. True we talked about the, the Smashing Pumpkins uh, poster, you know, for the Melancholy album. That was a huge album in the in like mid nineties. And don't forget the fucking dial up. Oh, dial up! Oh my god, the dial up! The dial up jokes were on point, though, dude. Solid. Yep. Anything uh, else? That's it. Okay. Well, um, uh, so, since you're leading, I want to close us out there, Metal. Yep. So this has been episode ninety-seven of the seven. Home. Hillcrest Duo. I am Metal John at Metal John Radio on Twitter, and he is. I'm at. I am Brad Risto at Brad Risto on Twitter. Uh, and thanks to Taco Mitch for hanging out with us. You want to give everybody your Snapchat? Yeah, I don't have it. Oh, right. Oh shit. <laughs> no, no. All right. Don't worry. Private. We can private. <laughs> private. Taco Mitch. He, right, he next won't, time. won't share our talk I get to tacos. know you guys and just so you, so you guys know he is wearing a disguise too so like he's he seriously doesn't want anybody to know who he is <laughs> alright well, well uh, we've got uh, coming up uh, C2E2's in Chicago yes and uh, you know we'll, we'll be talking about that also Us opens up next weekend I'm going to see that we'll talk about that on the next podcast so I don't need the horror we'll, we'll have all that coming up for you here in the next few weeks uh, this is the Bye-bye.